I'll always tell it like it is. That's the bottom line. If you just live in to exist, you want borrowed time. Don't ever let them take your soul. No, no, no. Don't ever let them take your soul. No, no, no. I'll always tell it like it is. That's the bottom line. If you just live in to exist, you want borrowed time. Don't ever let them take your soul. No. So I go home, and I, a couple of days before that, I had my plan in line. I took out the Haynes directory, okay, and the Haynes directory back then was like what computers are now. It's a list of all the people with listed phone numbers. Big right. thick book. I'm, I draw a circle. I get a little circumference out. And I put it down, and I draw a circle, a, a radius, I don't know, maybe a half a mile where my son was killed in a circle. And I plan on calling every one of them that's in there. And I do start calling. I immediately go home after I go to my, my son's grave, September 1st, my mother's birthday. I go home and I start calling. And there's a, a lot of people in there don't even have phones. A lot of people have phones, but they they not registered or whatever. They're private. And, but there are... Maybe, I don't know, maybe a third of the people, half of the people actually have phones. Of course, when you call them, you might get the kid. They might not be home, whatnot. Well, anyway, I'm recording all this, and I, I, uh, I get some tips. I get some people that are helpful. I get some people that are angry about me calling, okay? I get some, uh, uh, I have to call them back. I get to the last phone call now. The actual last phone call. And I reach the girl who becomes the witness. Oh, my goodness. I got like a little spiel, and I say, my son was killed on the corner of Dauphine and Forstall about a year ago, okay? And they think the murder is solved because they had had a killer, and some people thought that the case was solved. And I said, do you know or would anybody you know know anything about this? And she says, I know it all. I saw it all. I called Crime Stoppers. My crime stopper number is this. No. And she names the kid that was originally the witness. Now, before she names this kid, I was, I developed a relationship with this kid. This kid was helping me solve the murder. Mm. I put him in my car. I bought him drinks. It's unreal. It really is. Unbelievable, Dan. I, I know, I know. So any of that, oh. I find out he's the killer. Let me tell you, that I, there's, that's another emotional thing I go through. It's crazy, but I'm not only disappointed that he's the killer, I'm disappointed he lied to me. He betrayed me. It, it, it's a crazy emotional thing. But I am going to say this about the killer. Okay. He says it was by sort of an accident and that he was in, in a bad way. He also was only 15 years of age, okay? His father was in jail, his mother's in jail, typical stories with his grandmother. The only success in his neighborhood is the kid that sells drugs and can buy good tennis shoes or something. Right. So I'm, I'm not excusing him anyway. He took, he took a life away, okay? But, but I'm glad I didn't kill him. Okay, and, and, and when I go to jail 10 years later and me and my wife meet with him, he apologizes 
and tries to explain what happened. And, and he also says, and I want to thank you, Mr. Danny. He calls me Mr. Danny. And I said, well, for what? He says, for saving my life. And I say, it wasn't me that saved your life. It was my son. It was, it was a moment that if you saw this, <laughs> it's, it's just freaky. It's, I always felt I was living in a damn movie. I, 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 you know, it, everything about this was surreal, but it was real. And I had a, let me, another thing about me recording, believe it or not, there were times when, like you said, people couldn't relate to me. I was at, working at a different sp speed, okay? And even my wife couldn't. And the recording was initially for the investigation and to catch the cops, okay? But also eventually record witnesses and potential witnesses and, and, and you name it. But it also became my friend. I would go up in my son's room and I would pray. And rather than, I would pray to the recorder. Mm. It was like I, I had a friend. And it was like a journal, but it was also a friend. Which, some of that is in the Dr. Series, but I have hours and hours of that. And, and it's crazy now when I look at it. What was you doing? You know, I was in a different dimension. I, I don't know if it's crazy, but it's not usual. Okay. All right. But it helped. It, 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 it helped keep me together. Okay. It helped build my relationship with God. Okay. It, 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 it's all part of this journey. Okay. So now, bingo. Okay. So now, so any of that, it's a long story on how we convinced the witness to come forward because she 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 knew all this, but she still didn't want her anonymity given up. Right. When I can't go through, I'm gonna, I'm gonna speed that up a little bit. She goes up and down. She's gonna do it, she ain't gonna do it. She's gonna do it, she ain't gonna do it. A couple of things come into play that help her do it. Number one, she's seen how hard we worked, particularly me. She saw that I was willing to put my life on the line, okay? She didn't wanna let me down eventually, okay? She also had a, a good belief in God. And her mother was against her coming forward, but her father said, the Bible says you should do this. Mm. But she still had fears, okay? And there was times she wanted to come forward, okay? She also feared the police. She didn't want to even confront them. And the reason why she did now, she had lost two brothers, murdered. One of them was murdered by a cop. She says it was a bad shoot. I don't know whether that's true or not, but there were people that witnessed what happened and none of them would come forward. Right. At that time, if they would have come forward, the cops might've got them killed. <laughs> so so you, it's understandable, okay? But she was frustrated. Then she had lost another brother to the street and I don't know, it could have been his fault or not his fault or not. But again, he was murdered and nobody would come forward. So she could feel our pain. And eventually she talked, me and her eventually had some friction because she would promise me that she was going to come forward and then she would not come forward, okay? And, you know, I, I was losing it almost, okay? And so uh, eventually my daughter, eventually my daughter uh, uh, talked to her and cried with her and she now says that the thing that pushed her over the top, there was a lot of pressures on her and a lot of reasons why she did, but the thing that pushed her over the top was the fact that 
Christy hurt so bad for losing her brother and she didn't get justice and my daughter didn't get justice. And she says, that's the final thing that pushed her over the top. I will say we worked on her and, but she cooperated. She at some stage earlier on, she asked, she wanted to visit my son's room. Picture this now. So we pick her up out of the ninth ward. We bring her to our two-story home, middle upper middle class. Me and her go upstairs in his room, and we sit on his bed, and we cry together. Then guess what she asked me? She says, I want to see his grave. So we bring it to the cemetery. Her, Danny's girlfriend, Danny's uh, her, her mother, my wife, my daughter, my sister. We had about eight, eight people, I believe, there. Okay. We go to the gravesite and Shane's the witness's name. Okay. And Shane promises that she's going to come forward at some stage if she has to. And that therein was the conflict. When she made that commitment at his grave, I felt like she had to do it. And then it became a struggle. I feared for her life too, okay? But I just felt like it was the right thing to do, okay? And me and her got into a little friction a couple of times when she was reneging, okay? But ultimately, long story short, she did the right thing. And she was reneging out of fear for her life. Oh, definitely. No, 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 yeah. no, no, definitely. Now, I will tell you, it's another story. I can't go into the great details of it because yeah. so many, many stories. But I will tell you this thing. I eventually... She felt some fear in the neighborhood that they had figured out she was the witness. Okay. And there was a drug dealer in there who was, who was the boss of the little kid that killed my son. He was like a runner, okay? Yeah. And I figured, I had figured out this whole freaking network just about, okay? By this time, I know who deals and what, who runs, you know. It's crazy, right. but I know the whole layout, okay? And so she fears that this guy is, he's put, she says he's putting a bird dog out, so. Basically, long story short, and it, it, it's a longer story than this, I go threaten a drug dealer. I basically tell him that if he doesn't back off and give up the kid, okay, right, then I'm a killing. And if I, can't, if I don't kill you, I'll run a full-page ad spelling out your business, and I'll put your ass out of business. So you went into the ninth ward and had this conversation with this guy? Wow. And that's a separate story. Maybe we'll do another part on that, just on that story, because that is a, yeah. a, a story on how that took place. And there's a little miracle that takes place in there on how I was successful with that. Now, to be quite honest with you, uh, she says that he backed off after that. And she came forward shortly after that. So it seems like they directly related. But I think what actually happened is she found out what I did. And then she started fearing for me. It was, it was a crazy dynamic that was going on. Yeah. I was fearing for her. She was fearing for me. And, and people were starting to tell her, he's losing it. And I even told her, look, you know, I, I even told her, I am losing it. And I don't want to expose you, but I don't know what's going to happen. This has got to get solved. So I was putting a lot of pressure, and, and then my daughter seems to got to her on the emotional side. And all the factors came in, and she stepped forward. Okay. Yeah. I wonder, Dan, I wonder, Dan, um, what – so a lot of the folks that we're talking about 
are living in these extremely difficult circumstances and growing up without dads and, and, and sort of being raised in this environment where all of this negative stuff is happening, but people are just trying to survive. I wonder if there wasn't a sense of, um, I'm not even sure what the right word is, but almost like, man, if I had a dad that was willing to go through all these things for me, what would my life have been? What would, you know, what, 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 the, what did you feel any of that? Look, I hope people pick up on that. And I hope people in the neighborhoods pick up on that. And I will tell you this, Jeffrey the killer has sort of picked up on that. Yeah. He wound up being proud of me in a sense. Yeah. For what I did. It's, it's a really strange situation. Okay. I'm sure he sort of angry I put him away, but it also saved his life. Okay. And I, I did all the Christian things about forgiving him. And I, I think I have, my wife's had a little more difficulty with that, with that, but I am a little sad to tell you that, that, uh, he served only 13 and a half years. We had to cut a deal that the case was so pathetically weak other than this very strong witness, okay? Right. Uh, the, the police had screwed up so bad, we lucky we got anything. We took a deal because if we had went to trial, who knows, he might have walked free. I couldn't handle that, okay? Mm -hmm. So we took a deal. He served 13 and a half years, okay? And I tried to wish him the best. We, we met him in 10 years. He apologized. We kind of made peace with him. I tried to do the Christian thing and forgive. I, I think I did, or at least I didn't hate him anymore. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and then all of a sudden, he, since this doctor series, and he, he, he participated in the doctor series. It's remarkable that all these people would participate in this thing. Okay. The actual people, the killer, the witness, the, all of them participated. It's, 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 that's a miracle. Okay. And so any of that, he has been arrested again. He's back in jail. He had a period of about four years where he looked like, and I kind of tried to keep a little tab on him a little bit, okay? And uh, he got rearrested again with drugs and a gun. And he was a convicted felon that, uh, with possession of a gun. And uh, he got five years. Uh, I think he's got to serve a minimum of about three, but he could serve five. And that's been difficult for me because whereas I had sort of, forgiven him and you know and now i'm quite frustrated you know it's 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 almost like it's almost like you know maybe we did something good with this kid you know and, and if his life turns out okay then that's another little positive aspect of this story right well you gotta i mean in you know in life right um this this in in sort of the corrections department and the recidivism rate and, you know, somebody grows up in that world and has healing and, you know, uh, and has, is able to find forgiveness and make this connection and, 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 and even that, but then they come out and they go right back into that same environment, right? And now they're a convicted felon trying to find a job, trying to you know, uh, and I'm not making excuses for anybody, right? I'm just, it, it's, it's a thing. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it, the, the, our country is filled with young men in prison. And because I was in that cycle myself. And um, look, I still have some compassion and some empathy for him. 
Yeah. I'm having difficulty right now uh, with total forgiveness, <laughs> okay? Yeah. Maybe by the time he gets out again, maybe. Look, look, you know what I'd love to do with the kid? I'd love to tour the country with the kid. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't mind that. I really wouldn't. I'd like him to tell his story and, 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 and add to the, the, the story, okay? I, I had one time had a little dream with that. I thought it might actually become a reality, okay? Let me say one thing. Let me say one thing. Nothing's too big for God. Well, I told a story to my friend who's a St. Bernard policeman, a friend cop, and, and, and I, I don't want this my story to paint all cops as bad cops. They have a tough job, and most of them do a great job. I just had a really horrible experience, and what hurt me more than anything else is not what they did to me. I developed a pretty tough skin, okay? But my, they hurt my wife, okay? And they hurt my son. Okay, and so, and in a sense, they would have hurt the killer because he'd be dead if he'd have stayed on the street. So I, I tried to explain to my friend how bad I feel about them. And I said, basically, if you take a, a room and you tie those two bad cops that's in the picture, you tie them to a chair, okay, and then you put my son's killer and you tied him to a chair, okay, and, and you said that I could go in there and do whatever I wanted with him. I'd beat the hell out of the two cops, and I would leave my son's killer alone. Mm. He was a 15-year-old disadvantaged kid. Those cops were about my age. They were Caucasian. They were white, okay? Middle class. They had kids of their own. And how they could treat my son and my family that way with the kind of good life that they had is beyond the pale, you know? Uh, so... I'm sorry, that's how I feel about that. This is another incredible story. You're not going to believe these incredible stories, but I can back them up. Some of them are, are, are notated, some of them are recorded, okay? The day my son's killer is sentenced, okay, and I have previously talked to my son's English teacher, who was his creative writing teacher when he wrote 1201, the poem that saved okay. his life, okay? Well, and I told him that one day I wanted to do something to speak to kids about drugs. So now it's in November. I think, I think it's around the middle of November. We go to the sentence and my son's killers taken off in handcuffs for 13 and a half years. Okay. We go home and my answer phone is beeping. Okay. And I pick it up and it's Danny's English teacher. And he says, Mr. Snyder, I don't know what's going on with the case. I don't know whether it's which stage it's at, but we have a red ribbon week in about two weeks. And we'd like you to come speak at the school. And if you can't do that, just come and sit in first. Well, remember now I got to deal with God. I'm going to go on a mission. So this is like an opportunity. And if you think about it now, how does this occur on the day of his sentencing that I get mm -hmm. to do this? Okay. Bingo. But, but let me tell you, I've also promised my wife, this is it. It's over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At least I'm going to take a break. Now, no, I, I am going to go on a mission. And my mission is going to not investigating anymore. My mission is to educate kids and go talk in the schools and do that kind of work. Okay. Right. That's what I envision as my mission. Okay. And so after a night of sleeping on our college English teacher back and we go out and we actually 
uh, give a talk at his school. And it goes over great. Get media coverage. Everybody raves about the speech. They claim we maybe saved some lives. I talked about friends telling on friends. Some of the kids started saying, yeah, if I had a situation like that, I might drop a note in the box, you know. And so it was a real positive experience. Okay. Another part of the story. Where does Tone of Hope come in? Okay. So any then I'm trying to think of a name for this thing that I'm developing. Okay. And um, I, I, I don't really have a, an idea of what I want to call it, okay? But after that speech, we go to Walmart. And at Walmart, a bunch of parents come up to us and said, man, we, we heard about your speech at Hannon, his high school, and you did an incredible job. More people have to do this type of thing. There's a lot of problems going out there. People, kids are dying. And we didn't want people doing what you're doing. So, so it, it builds my ego up. It says, man... You know, I was questioning whether I should have jumped in and did this. Even my wife now is starting to say, I'm kind of glad you did this, okay? All right, you know, we wanted to take a little break, but we didn't really take the break, okay? Right. So we jumped in, okay? So any event, we, we go to Walmart, coincidentally, to buy a frame for a picture, okay? Now, in this picture is the last picture that my son uh, at Christmas. It's him and his girlfriend. It's my wife, myself, and his sister. And in the background is a hotel down we have down. It used to be the Roosevelt, okay? And it, or it is the Roosevelt, okay? And it's, for Christmas, they decorated with a big halo of lights. So if you notice, there's kind of a halo above. Mm -hmm. now, you can see it. Now look, yeah. at the frame she, look at the frame she picks out. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can this. Again. Okay. So she picks this frame up. Yeah. Look at this. And it's just like one person can make a difference. Anything is possible with God. Okay. Imagine the possibilities one step at a time. If you can imagine it, you can make it happen. You can do it. Imagine peace. She picked it up because of my son and it said peace and whatnot. Okay. But right. so any of that, my head is like steaming again now on what, what I'm trying to do here. The next day, I go to work. And when I go to work, I drive through this. Wow. It's a tunnel of trees in our parish. And it's peaceful. And every time I go through there, I, I pray. Okay? And I look at it and I say, tunnel of hope. And I got a name. And I got a name. Okay. Now I go back to the drugstore, though. Now, I had been seeing some of this people coming in with these opiate prescriptions. I just had too much on my plate. I, I had too much on my plate to, to dig in. Okay. I had to solve my son's murder. I was supposed to take a break. I want to go talk to kids in school. You know, am I going to start another investigation? Okay, I promised my wife I wasn't going to do that. That was not part of my bargain with God. My God was going on a mission uh, to educate kids, okay? But I start seeing these kids coming in, and they seem to be around the age of my son. And they got these high-powered Oxycontin prescriptions. And I start looking at the death notices, undetermined causes. Of course, I found out. They died of Oxycontin. They died of opiates. Okay? I start going to the funerals. 
And all of a sudden it says, what is the most important thing to do? Educate at the schools or stop this doctor who was the, 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 the biggest thing in our area, okay? And really she was pretty big in a number of states in the area. Okay? She was one of the queens, okay? And so I start thinking I want to do it, but I don't quite. I struggle with this, and when I talk to my wife about it, she says, oh, please, please don't do this, okay? Talk to the cops, report her or something like that, report, but, but don't get deeply involved. So we finally take the break. It's January now. My son's case is solved in November. I give a speech in his high school, I think in December, and now we're in January. The Saints win a playoff game. There's going to be a game in Minnesota. We take a break as a family. We drive all the way there, 24 hours. We want to see snow. We're hoping that the Saints are going to win the ball game, okay? We do a good deed. We got a good friend named Debbie. Debbie's in the docuseries, by the way, okay? And uh, she's got a son in Chicago that's got jaw cancer, and it's pretty serious. So she tags along. We drop her off in Chicago. We leave, and we go to Minnesota, and we watch the Vikings beat the crap out of the Saints, <laughs> okay? So any event, now we go back to Chicago. We have a one night with uh, her son, okay? And, and then she jumps in the car, and then we start heading back. I think we stopped at a little motel or something and spent the night. We get up early in the morning. We're going to drive the rest of the way home, okay? And uh, any event, the uh, uh, while we ride, my wife and my daughter sleep in the back, and this girl Debbie's sitting next to me in the driver's seat, in, in the passenger seat. And, and I'm telling her about this doctor.